This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast. Kevin and Chuck. Well, today, today we're going to talk about how the world might really end. Um, a lot of preppers and, and people in, in the survival and prepping community seem to think, you know, EMP or, you know, the grid falling down or currency collapse or something like that could, you know, push us into a, uh, a, a, state of, of self-reliance and disorder where you're kind of every man for himself and and no government support. And I think that's definitely a possibility of, you know, what what um, you know, we might face, you know, at some point in our future because governments don't last forever. We know this. But I will also say that that seems to be the focus of of everybody's prepping. Um, and people are kind of like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to protect against hoodlums and hoodlums and, and that kind of thing. And there's a lot of people out there that, you know, you're preparing to protect your home and your loved ones from, um, 90% of the prepper and survival books seem to be based on that premises or, or, you know, thought line. But I feel like when I look at history, it's so much more likely that it ends with more of a dictatorship police state taking over and having the world having to work within that premise uh, where the government basically cracks down and freedom dies and America dies that way with total control as opposed to, so I wanted to take a look at that and, you know, see if that's maybe something we could prepare for and kind of touch on. So 
I mean, does that seem like a possibility to you, Kevin? Is that, I mean, I, do you see what I'm saying? They're always kind of focused the other way. Right. They always seem focused on, you know, oh, no more government support. I'm on my own. Got to deal with it. And that's kind of a more romantic kind of idea. Living under the government thumb does not really have any happy romantic side to it. Right. You know? Right. And it's, you know, we always see these uh, movies and and bullshit books and stuff about other countries invading the United States and taking over. And that just is it's not going to happen at least anytime soon. You know, too many of us have have firearms. Every person can defend their own neighborhood. It would be a street by street thing, and it just would not be worthwhile for any country to try and invade the United States. What happens in most of the time, though, is these are things that happen from within, you know, the, um, you know, or even outside influence infiltrating our government and our way. of And and the reason these in throughout history, the reason these things happen, these these uh, crackdowns, these uh, government coups, these sorts of things happen is because some terrible event happens, you know, something that the government has to protect its citizens from. And that's usually how it well, starts, you know, whether it's Nazi and, Germany or China or um, the Soviet Union or even Cuba. All these things are the government protecting us from ourselves or from ourselves or from outside sources, you know, supposedly outside sources. And I think you guys might see that the way our country is going we're getting to the point where we need might need the government or they might be able to paint a picture like the government needs to protect us from ourselves. Now, um, do you know, I, I don't know if any of you have kind of seen that playing out right now, but mm-hmm. I might have noticed a clue or two. Yeah. Now, what were uh, you going to say? Do you guys remember um, James Madison? He is the fourth president of the United States and one of the founding uh, founding fathers. Um, he might be on a twenty dollar bill or is that Jackson? No, it's 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 Andrew Jackson on there. But anyway, he he said there are more instances of abridgment. Ten dollar bill or it's a Hamilton. <laughs> All right, go on. Sorry, there are more instances of the abridgment of the freedom of the people by gradual and silent encroachments of those in power than by violent and sudden usurpations. What he's saying is freedom freedom doesn't go away overnight. It happens bit by bit. And I think that's pretty uh, wise of somebody to say that 200 years ago. You know, if he saw the United States now, uh, it would be a completely different country than the one he he founded. But now that we're, you know, 200 years later, slowly, little by little, we've been giving up, you know, bits of our freedom, bits of this, bits of that, until we're almost an entirely different country at this point. And it's going to keep going that way. And really, we have to do our best to become stumbling blocks in that sort of, you know, that sort of bullshit. You know, we have to be involved in our local and state governments and make sure they're not doing stupid bullshit. So I wanted to do a little comparative history to kind of set a baseline and just, you know, a starting point. So. Like you guys have heard of Crystal Knock, right? The Night of the Broken Glass. That's the whole, uh, you know, kind of the beginning of the end for the Jews in uh, in, in Nazi Germany. But it actually, it's kind of the middle of the end. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Not really the that. beginning. But 
Right. So basically what happened, though, was they first started putting these sanctions against uh, um, Jewish people, and, and they kept having limitations. And they basically, the government was really doing everything they could to paint the Jews as, as bad guys. Well, it turned out they also hated Polish people. So yeah. what they did was they said, anybody who's a Polish immigrant who's Jewish, you know, we just don't like you guys and we're getting rid of you. So we're sending you back to Poland. You know, we're deporting those uh, immigrants that just have no business being here. So when they started rounding up people, one of the guys, I can't remember his name. I could look it up, but it's kind of irrelevant. The point is, he's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to go to the embassy that's right here and I'm going to assassinate somebody. Well, he goes and the uh, he was actually going to assassinate the, the French ambassador to uh, to Germany. I'm not really sure how that was going to help things, but somehow he thought it would. And he went in there and the guy wasn't there and he ended up assassinating somebody else. And I mean, I guess I can give well, you these his details. Name is, his so, name is Herschel uh, Grizenspan. Is that what it is? Yeah, he's the Polish Jew. All right. And he's the Polish Jew. He, he's born in Germany. He wasn't a, wasn't actually an immigrant, but is you know he was Polish uh, and Jewish, and it was Ernest. Right. It was the German diplomat Ernest vom Rath, um, and he was okay. yeah he was killed in Paris. So yeah, actually they were living in right. They were they were in France, mm -hmm. and Herschel was living with his uncle in Paris. And when he re received news of his family's expulsion to Poland, he went to the German embassy in Paris mm -hmm. on November 7th, intending to assassinate the German ambassador to France. Upon in discovering that the ambassador was not in the embassy, he settled for a lesser official, the third secretary, Ernest von Rath, who you just mentioned. Um, he ended up shooting him, critically wounding him, and two days later he died. Well, this was like a big outcry, and it basically was a way to kind of rally the people against the Jews because look at what they're doing. They're assassinating our government officials, right. and it kind of – by people in a way sticking up for themselves, and we're not suggesting that – assassinations are, are, you know, a good thing or going to solve a problem because you're actually going to see how it was able to be turned against. But you also notice that governments have a way of taking any scenario and turning it into their benefit. That That's kind of a uh, key to being a successful leader kind of thing is turning shit to your advantage is actually, you know, one of the ways these dictators end up thriving and surviving. So they end up painting it as, you know, look at what the Jews, they're out of control. Look at the stuff that they're doing. Um, and you might be able to kind of compare in your mind about how African-Americans are like, Hey, we've been wronged and now we're standing up and, you know, you might compare something like, well, they had all these protests like kneeling at football games or different things and everybody kind of ignored them. And then now they just keep taking it to the next level to try and get attention for their cause.
um, it's kind of irrelevant how you feel about their cause or, you know, whatever. It's irrelevant to the story because the government is going to use it to their advantage. And that's where you get into trouble. So what they did was they set up for people to go out and destroy Jewish businesses and burn synagogues. And they ended up burning about a thousand synagogues and they instructed the police and the firemen to do nothing and stand down. And they now, went and they smashed all the, let, let me just uh, yeah, make a quick point here. One of the things that happened previous to that was a defunding of the police. That way the police yeah. could not, uh, could not do a whole lot about you know about the situation because there weren't there weren't a whole lot of them and they didn't have a whole lot of fucking money to to do anything with so just just a side point just a side point so they smashed all the the businesses of jewish shop owners and ended up being about 7500 businesses well then they were like well what do we do about this so you're gonna like the way they turn this around so they said it would be unfair for German insurance companies to reimburse the Jewish business owners because they brought this on themselves. Right. right. One, one you, you see how they did that. There. And another person in a different country, but it's all of their fault. Right. It's all their fault because obviously, look at what those people did. Mm-hmm. And then you might compare that to people rioting and out of control and burning things and smashing cop cars or destroying their city in Minneapolis. And you might be like, hey, those people, look what they did to their city and look how they just deserve what they get. And you see how this kind of stuff builds, right? You're seeing where I'm going with this. So... Then I, I want to take it one step further. Let's go over to China. Mm-hmm. Um, China around 1966, right? Um, things were starting to heat up. So the Chinese students were all getting riled up because they felt like their government was overstepping and doing all these things to encroach on their livelihood and their you know, way of life. And they were like, you know, our freedoms are being trampled and we have rights. We want, here's the word social justice. Mm. Cause they felt like they were being oppressed. And it turns out it's really good to go after the students and get the young, uh, the young, uh, young minds full of mush as Rush Limbaugh always says, right. You know, there are uh, people who haven't been really exposed to the world and really seen it. And they're very idealistic and, you know, they want simple, straightforward answers because that's how the world is when you're young. You know, that's right. the, so it was widely believed that the patriarchal system in China had been created by the 1% and it held down women, minorities in the working class. I don't know if any of this sounds familiar to you guys. The students cried out for a revolution and change consequently launched the infamous Chinese Cultural Revolution. The students put red bands around their arms, this might sound familiar also, to stand in solidarity with the oppressed and called for a change of the old ideas. 
Um, they called it the four olds, old customs, old culture, old habits, and old ideas. Right. They supported the chi- The movement was supported by the media. That might also sound a little familiar. Mm-hmm. They had mass demonstrations of looting by the students. Statues were torn down. Architecture was destroyed. Classic literature, Chinese paintings were torn apart and burned. Temples were desecrated. The cemetery of Confucius was attacked. The corpse of the 76th General Duke Yenshen was removed from its grave and hung from a tree. That's my favorite that? part of this. Whole That's thing. what I wonder, right? <laughs> He's already like, dead. Wait, we're gonna now. Like so, seventy-six generation. I mean, this guy's dead. Um, wealthy homes were attacked and destroyed. Does that sound familiar? You remember guys in pink shirts coming out with AK or ARs yep. and that kind of thing, right? Many families long kept genealogy books were burned to ashes because they wanted to get rid of history. Right. Um, all history in short was to be removed and replaced. I like how replace our history. Remember, uh, um, Michelle Obama was always like, we need to change our history. And that's just a, a an amazing thing to say, you know, change our history. And I feel like that's that's what they were doing here. So they were going to destroy every uh, trace of the bourgeois, or how do you say it? The privilege, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Bourgeois, whatever. Um, past and replace it with the new culture built on the principles of Maoism and Marxism. Communist leaders like President Liu were taken out of power and replaced with men Mao believed were not critical of his reign, like they weren't part of the problem, right? Mm -hmm. Now, but here's where where it gets tricky. So they're like, yeah, we want revolution. We want change. The government's fucked up. And so a central directive was issued to stop police intervention. Yeah, good work. The police were disbanded in the cities and the students formed a community solution called the Red Guard. The Red Guard police the communities. Now, how does that sound familiar, Mm -hmm. right? So believe it or not, you actually have groups in Minneapolis who are like, yeah, we're Muslim and we're going to go around and institute Sharia law when the police are gone. And we're going to be like the Sharia police and people are going to look up to us because we're protecting the community and looking out for people. Mm-hmm. That worked and out. That always worked how many out other really neighborhoods well in the, in historically? Right. Yeah. Right. How many other neighborhoods have you seen where they're not Muslim? But they're like, hey, we're going to protect our community and people like us, you know, and things like that play out. Right. Um, So all of a sudden, though, they said, though, many Christians supported the movement in the beginning, they quickly became the number one target of the Red Guard and public Mm -hmm. trials were held to condemn them to death. Many of those that were on board with the cause of the rebellion in the beginning saw that it was not really what they signed up for. But at that point it was too late. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wonder, you know, we have all this, you know, anger and hatred towards the government and Hey, they're, you know, they're getting out of control and they're overstepping. We should disband. But what does it get filled with when we tear down the society that we have? 
What mm-hmm. replaces it? You know, right now there's some level of protections in there for you to protect you. What do you put up with? And just because you have ideals doesn't mean that's what's going to fill the void. And I don't know if you realize, but all the angry youth are not exactly looking for a libertarian state to be created that a lot of preppers and survivalists seem to think is the, you know, the utopia. Mm -hmm. They're not really, when they say tear it down, they're not tear it down and let's just work together with the people. They're saying, let's tear it down and put something where we take from those that have and share it with those who have not, you know, with those that need it. And that's where you get into trouble. So I kind of wanted to talk a little about the whole surveillance state and what that might be and maybe what you might do to prepare for a world like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, I think a lot of this shit is idealism and, and it's great. You know, I love the idea of free healthcare. I love the idea of, of free college. I love the idea of giving everybody a thousand dollars a month just to exist. I love all that shit, universal basic income, all that shit. But the problem is nothing is free. You know, doctors aren't going to just fucking start not taking their paycheck. You know, uh, insurance companies and pharmaceutical companies aren't just going to stop getting paid. They're all going to get paid. They're all still going to get paid. It's just going to come from everybody's money instead of the person that needs it at that point. And I, I love these ideas, but they just don't make any goddamn sense. You know? That that's pretty much it is it just it doesn't work when it's tried and you end up with uh, under the thumb kind of uh, authoritarian because the problem is when people don't work or they get lazy and they're like, well, why would I go to work when I'm getting a thousand dollars a month in the, uh, you know, coming in on the uh, government dole? right? Right. Why would I bother? So the problem is everybody stops working. And like you said. You know, all of a sudden the services start to dry up and, and the resources aren't available. So then the go- it only makes sense that the government has to step in and be like, hey, friend, you need to put down that PlayStation and uh, get your ass back to work. You also run into some negativities like in Venezuela and apparently now in America where there isn't any toilet paper to go around mm-hmm. or, you know. All of a sudden, resources start to dwindle. That's actually, uh, you know, things that you can look at history and and see what things end up being in demand because you see what kind of supplies, you know, disappeared in the past. Right. And, you know, you can keep giving out free money and whatever, and you end up like the Weimar Republic kind of thing in in early Germany where the – the money became worthless, right? You know, in the Weimar Republic, you got to fill a whole wheelbarrow but, full of money just to get a loaf of bread. You know, you can make as the government and can that print as much money as they want to. It's there's no limit on that. They can just keep fucking printing money all goddamn day long if they want to. And uh, everybody loves free money, but that money is worth shit. The money's gonna be worth shit in the United States too if we're not fucking careful about it. Yeah, we seem to be recklessly. Uh, well, and I think that's. I I can't really make sense of this coin and money shortage and kind of thing, but I can't help but wonder if it's, hey, we just stuck 
this extra $1,200 in everybody's bank account. And we haven't created any more money. No, it's just numbers. So that's why the digital works. It's it's just numbers, you know? And that's why the digital works. But somehow everybody who would have had $1,200 in their pocket is out there spending money that, you know, doesn't really exist. And that's where you end up with things like this. I don't really know the cause of what's going on with all this coin shortage and nonsense. None of it really adds up to me. Um Somehow it's a coin shortage, but they can't give you cash back in 20s at lows. I'm not really sure what's going on there. <laughs> um, and then, so I go to Lowe's the other day, speaking of, and I they won't accept cash at any of the registers, but I ended up returning something that I bought with my check card because it was the wrong size fencing or whatever, and I return it. And they give me my refund in cash. Even though you bought it on a card. And I'm like, so there's a money shortage, so you won't accept money, but you'll give me money back in cash. Yeah. And I haven't really been able to wrap my head around how that one works, how that's exactly making sense. Mm -hmm. But, you know, teach his own. So what are some of the things you could do to prepare for a police state? Um and that kind of thing. Now think about like the Patriot Act and the different things that we've had, you know, come and go that really affect our, our personal privacy and our liberty and our freedom. Like think of all the cameras, how many, when you go out, how many cameras are in your world when you, you know, are in town and, and that kind of thing, you know, they always watch these cop shows and, you know, whenever anything bad happens, they can check like eight cameras, you know, especially shows like NCIS or something. It's like, oh, look, we can follow them through the traffic cam and watch them go at eight different points in the city, you know, right? and we can see right where they went. And, you know, we've and think about your cell phones. I mean, we're paying tons of money in order to have something that can listen and record and recognize our face and see what things we search. You know, everybody got worked up about, oh, you know, they're renewing the Patriot Act and now they're going to be able to get our browsing history. Well, it turned out they were actually just renewing it. They were able to get your browsing history without a warrant way back when they first passed the Patriot Act. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, these are things that we keep inviting in is this surveillance state. You know, we're like, hey, we're cool with it because it makes our lives easier. And how fun is it to just stare at our phone and look at Facebook all day and share our business and report it to everybody? Well, you have companies getting very wealthy by tracking everybody's information and, and finding out what their habits yeah, are. Yeah, I think it's I um, think it's kind of uh, kind of funny that the government can go through your browsing history without a warrant but it's extremely against right. the law for them to figure out which books you checked out of a library. Well, I mean, because come on. You're, because Cause... the Fourth Amendment says you are you have a right to security of your person and your papers. So library book is papers, but the internet library is not book, papers. Yep. So apparently that isn't, in, that isn't included. That only makes mm -hmm. sense. And, you know, we're willing to, you know, people always go with this idea of, well, I don't do anything wrong, so I don't care. Right, right. I love um, that argument. The, you know, well, 
what you're going to break the laws. So what does it matter? You know, me and my buddy were just having this uh, discussion at work and it was, you know, he was talking about the, uh, oh, somebody, I, we've been seeing these stories on Facebook and the, this kind of relates here. So you'll see where I'm going, but we were seeing these stories on Facebook about how China was uh, caught smuggling in uh, gun parts and in, into the United States with to a shipper. And basically they were mass producing cheap and expensive parts. And they had all these pictures of baggies and we're clicking on different stories because we have free time at work and we're trying to piece it together what the hell they're talking about. You know, we're like none of this, you know, you, you don't know what they're talking right. about. So then we later read a story that they arrested some guy who's was basically, I, you guys have probably seen all these ads all over the internet for uh, things that look like suppressors that they say are fuel filters. Right. And, and it turns out they raided some guy's house for selling illegal suppressors. And the thing is he markets them as fuel filters but it's, I mean, it's clear to anyone with any half a brain that they're meant to be used for suppressors. The, uh, you know, it's half inch by 28 or whatever, the thread mm -hmm. count. And, you know, it just all, everything says, oh, that's for a gun, you right. know? And you realize that what would they be, you know, what would the purpose be as a fuel filter when it's going to stop particles that are like a quarter inch wide? Right. Really? You're going to stop quarter inch uh, size, you know, pieces of debris from getting into your engine. That just sounds ridiculous. So point is, the thing is, the way the guy marketed it, he didn't say anything that implied that you needed to use that as a suppressor, mm -hmm. right? Or that that's what its intended use was. And so I was arguing with my buddy who's very literal. And I said, look, I understand that this is the intent, but if somebody doesn't break the law, you can't charge them with a crime. You can't just based on intent or what their thought is. I mean, if they're, if you can prove they're intending to do it, then I'm okay with it. But how do you prove intent? Right. You know? So we're getting into this big debate and he's like, well, whatever. And I said, all right, well, let's turn it around. If I want to build an SBR, a short barrel rifle, if I buy the parts to put that rifle together before I have it approved, the ATF has gone after people and saying, well, you're intending to create it even though you haven't put it together yet. Right. And I'm like, so they want it you know, every way is working together towards the government. You know what I'm saying? There's no benefit to you where they can interpret the law any way they want. We have to follow the rules. 100% plus some is the argument, right? We have to be above and beyond to prove that we're not going to do anything bad and they can go in and rope you in at any point by, uh, you know, say, well, we think you meant this and we're going to arrest you for it. And that's that kind of slippery slope. I mean, I don't know if I got derailed there a little bit, but that's the slippery slope that you end up going down where the government can kind of paint it as whatever they want it to be. 
and you get trapped. And that's where that surveillance kind of can be misused or misinterpreted. Um, it's funny, actually, in China, you know, they have all this Hong Kong and, and all this going on and they have their surveillance of everybody. And they had, uh, remember, we had mentioned about how people have a, a like social status score or something. And when they see you on the surveillance cameras, we can see what level of a human being you are kind of thing by how much you follow their rules and conform and, and fall right in line. Well, I don't know if you guys know this, but we love freedom and freedom is not about falling in line with bullshit all the time. And that's the dangerous road that you end up going down. Um, you know, where I, I remember seeing a story and, and it goes back to that 1984 and that kind of stuff. But if somebody looked happy or you have no reason to be happy in, in a communist world, so you must be up to something. You know, that's the kind of idea, you know, people are so afraid that if I portray an emotion or do something, it might be construed as me working against the government. How many times do you think about what you say on the phone? I mean, I don't know, maybe I do, and maybe I'm the only one, but I'm like, well, if I word this like this, somebody could misinterpret and think that I mean that and you censor yourself. Um, you know, or you're, you're careful. I know I always like make disclaimers when I say things. Cause I'm like, well, look, you know, I don't want you to go assassinate somebody. I wouldn't think that you would infer that you should go assassinate somebody, but I still feel in, you know, our society that I have to put that disclaimer out there because otherwise, Oh, look, look at what he's trying to do. Mm -hmm. Cause you can paint something in an ugly light any way you want to. And then now that our government has the power to manipulate audio and video and piece it together where it's indiscernible from the truth. But what you'll find is once they have more and more control, it doesn't even need to be indiscernible because they'll just paint the picture they want. And anybody that gets in the way of it, they're going to make disappear. Um, so, I know you kind of wanted to talk about people disappearing in a minute, but um, let's talk about some of the things we could kind of stockpile or prepare a little bit in order to uh, ensure that we can kind of do what we need to do to stand up to a totalitarian regime. And I don't think that's an anti-American ideal. I don't think that's against any of America's values or freedoms to say that you should be prepared to stop tyranny. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think that's an anti-legitimate government kind of idea. And if you're against that, I feel like you're part of the problem. Um, so, I mean, basically having the supplies and resources, having your, your guns and ammo and, and things in a way that you can keep them and in a way that... They're not out available and, and public knowledge and whatever. Maybe not putting all your guns and serial numbers on Facebook and the pictures out there for everybody to see. Maybe that's not the right move. Um, you know, that's the kind of thing. You know, maybe you don't want the world to know that you're, you know, over the top. Because the more things you keep private, the more low profile, the better OPSEC that you have. And the choices that you make in your life are going to make a big difference 
in how you're able to weather the storm. You know, when you're labeled as a radical and, and whatever, you're just, you know, hey, come get me. You know, start with arresting me because I'm going to be the problem against you. And, you know, we're so quick when it's all oh, the other people, you know, the guys we don't like, the guys out doing the rallies and the, you know, whatever, then, you know, people who might not agree with you, they're the problem. And it's fine if the government cracks down on them. But the more you build up self-reliance and do all the things that we talk about in order to be able to take care of yourself without depending on others. And the more that you have your stuff secure and your shit squared away, the more you're going to be able to stand up to tyranny and the better position you're going to be in to help others. And I think that's important. And I think that you need to consider what's going on in the world and you need to prepare Um, because there's a good chance that our government could get away from us. Um, I feel like that end could be coming and it may not be the romantic fantasy where you're just shooting zombies out in the front lawn forever and have unlimited uh, long-term food storage. Now, the cool thing is a lot of the preps that everyone does will benefit you in both scenarios as well as the training and the tactics. But I would also say OPSEC becomes of heightened importance in a world like that. And taking care of your privacy and your shit is going to make a big difference in, you know, how you're able to last and, and stand up to a tyrannical government. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. I think that's a good point. And I think some of the best, uh, the best stockpile shit is the stuff that we see may be illegal uh, coming down the pipe. You know, we've got, um, we've got, and I know a lot of you guys are, are confident that Donald Trump is going to win the second term and the Senate is going to remain in Republican hands and that sort of stuff. I, I'm not buying that. I don't believe that. I believe Trump is going to get voted out. I believe that the Senate is going to switch over to the Democrats. I believe that the Congress is going to switch over to the Democrats and you can argue till you're blue in the face with me, but I'm, I'm not going to buy it until I see those election results. And, uh, I think a lot of us are, are looking at things um, like uh, federal officers uh, showing up in different cities um, as a positive thing because they're, put, they're putting down um, uh, lawbreakers and, and communists and all that sort of shit. Uh, but the truth is, it's not going to be Donald Trump sending in federal officers uh, in another year. It's not going to be, um, you know, it's not going to be Mitch McConnell, uh, uh, making decisions on, on, you know, <clears throat> what laws get passed. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a bunch of people that you or I might not have voted for. And, um, what? let me just go get into this real quick before we, before we keep moving on. But when you say it's not going to be Donald Trump, it's going to be Joe Jorgensen from the Libertarian Party, I am sure she has a fantastic shot at winning. Uh, You know, with her her 6% uh, uh, poll numbers, I'm sure she's going to do a fantastic job. Um, All right. Because I was getting worried there for a minute. I was like, oh, oh, wait. So when we talk about stockpiling stuff, um, I'm not necessarily talking about firearms. but 
if you're looking for something to spend your money on and put in your basement, ammo has a, uh, a really long shelf life. And did you know that you can disassemble shotgun shells and take the gunpowder out and combine it to make an explosive? Did you know that you can make napalm yeah, at that home? That sounds horribly wrong. Kevin. Yeah, you can do these things at home. But all I'm saying is uh, that when you think about what laws are going to be passed by the, by the federal government in the next 10, 15, 20 years, uh, those are the things that's you the thing, like just stock up on. Right. And maybe you're saying to yourself, well, the media lies and, 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 you know, they're just misreporting the, uh, the, whatever the, the polling. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, really Trump's got a good shot and he's going to win and, and I'm not worried. Well, okay. That might buy you four more years, but then what, you know, we're still heading down a road that I don't know if you guys can see it, but the Republican party isn't exactly the stellar, you know, protect your rights, protect freedom kind of party that you might imagine it is. Yeah, and let's not forget, um, that, forget that Donald Trump uh, recently passed gun restriction, federal gun restriction laws, and Obama, Barack Obama yes. never did. So you talk about Democrats being anti-freedom, but the truth is it goes both ways. It goes both ways. And I don't know if you guys realize, but the ATF under Donald Trump isn't doing jack shit over there. And they're fucking off all the time and not passing my tax stamp shit and pissing me off. I'm just saying, in a hypothetical world, your interests may not be being protected right now. So in order to protect your own interests, you should prepare the world and the reality that's before mm. us. Now, I know a lot of you guys, uh, well, I, I love this uh, argument that if you don't, that you were talking about earlier, if you don't have anything to hide, then what are you concerned about? You know, I would right. say, I would say that I support a federal mandate that all people stop wearing clothes because if you're not hiding a bomb under your shirt, what do you care? If you don't have explosive underwear, why do you care if you're, if you know, just don't wear it. Then everybody knows you're safe, you know, and everybody knows you have a micro penis. You know, it's just, it's just, just put it out. Kevin, I thought we weren't going to talk about that in the podcast. The micro penis. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have brought that up. The micro penis. Yeah. yeah. But all I'm saying is <clears throat> a lot of you guys are talking about wearing these masks as like a, you know, encroachment on your rights and, and that sort of this and that. And maybe that's true. Maybe it isn't, but I'll tell you one goddamn thing. I'm going to wear a mask for as long as it's possible. I'm going to wear a mask everywhere I go in public and sunglasses because fuck those people. You don't need to know who I am. You don't need to know what I'm buying at Walmart. Let me tell you something. They are recording everybody's face that checks out at Lowe's right now, recording it and storing it. So they know exactly what you're buying at Lowe's. When you buy all that fucking pipe and uh, the caps and metal drill bits so you can make pipe bombs at home, they know exactly who the fuck you are. I'm just, just throwing it out there. Um, now let's talk about these fucking federal police officers in these cities here. Now the idea was that the federal government was sending federal officers to federal buildings in states that is completely legal defending federal property is completely reasonable and appropriate behavior by the federal government however these federal officers aren't staying on federal property 
They're going off of federal property and arresting people without charges, without showing badges. They're just grabbing motherfuckers and throwing them in vans. Um, Where do these people go? Are they disappearing? Nah, kind of. They're going into holding cells. And they stay there for 72 hours or 24 hours, whatever the legal limit is in that state. And then they're being released without any charges. So is that cool to just snatch people off the street that committed no crime and put imprisoning them? <clears throat> to me, that's kidnapping. If I did that to somebody, I, it'd be, I'd be breaking the law. Now you say, well, they're fucking cops. Oh, Who so gives a fuck? I should stop doing that? You can't, you can't snatch people and, and hold them for 24 hours. Oh. But who cares, right? They're oh, commies. All right. They're commies. But it's still fucking against the goddamn law. And Joe Biden might be doing that to people at 2A rallies next year. Um, so let's think about when we talk about this sort of shit, let's think about it in a fucking broader term. It is not okay for the federal government to do that. It's not okay for uh, the federal government to uh, interfere with states' rights. And I've been arguing that for years and everybody else has been arguing that for years. But then all of a sudden now I see it happen and everyone's like, oh, fuck it. That's none of my business. That's, you know, that's their own fault for breaking the law. Well, yeah, they're not breaking any fucking federal that's laws. Right. There's a big difference. There. Yeah, but they shouldn't be criminals. Right. They shouldn't be thugs. Right. We're all fucking criminals. Now. And I don't like people. I don't like people who wear hoodies. Yeah, I, I don't like them either, except when I'm the person wearing the hoodie. I don't like people that wear masks. Well, yeah, when I mean, I'm the when person I like wearing the mask. Like, I don't like people being uh, uh, disruptive and not paying a, a federal price for it, unless I'm the person that's being disruptive. You know, it's it's all not yeah, it's all great as price. long as it's not happening to you. But if it's fucking happening at all, it's happening to you because we're all we're all together in this shit. America unified mm-hmm. together. Imagine that shit, right? <laughs> Imagine that shit. Now, when it comes to uh, uh, to stockpiling stuff, and and you know, the the truth of the matter is, more and more people are growing up stupid and having stupid ideas about freedom. And when they realize that they can vote themselves money. Then, then oh, Republicans, yeah. re- republics collapse. That's how you collapse the government when people realize they can vote themselves money. They were very worried about this in our founding, and uh, this was a lot of big tension in debates. You know, that's where freedom goes wrong. I mean, that's the idea. You know, America is supposed to be a, a representative republic, right? And what the idea is is that you're supposed to be bound by the Constitution. So they can vote and change shit as long as it's within the guidelines of the Constitution. But our education system has seemed to really deviate that, you know, we've been able to convince the masses that the government can kind of do whatever it wants and that the Constitution is like a guideline, but we don't really care. Right. And, you know, so many rules don't apply. And if you're telling me I'm wrong, I would say, look at the Second Amendment. I would say, look at the First Amendment. Look at where your freedoms are. Look at the Tenth Amendment, where it says that the federal government is limited to only the power given to it in the Constitution and has no other authority to, you know, work outside the framework of the Constitution. Yet, how many things are they involved in? Um, 
You know, and, and, you know, how often do we hear, well, yeah, but it's a good idea to protect the environment, right? But is it in their purview? And once we say, well, those things don't matter, and we don't need to amend the Constitution to change that, then all of a sudden, none of it matters. Right. You know, that's the whole thing. If something is an absolute, unless it's not an absolute. And that's where you guys need to be careful. And I would just say, don't give them a fucking inch. Don't give them a fucking inch. So let me ask you, Chuck, you've seen all this stuff about federal agents in these different states doing doing different bullshit. Uh, who are these federal agents? Who are these federal police officers? Who are they? Well, I'm going to tell you exactly who the fuck they are. Who are they, U.S. Marshals? Federal Protective Services? Uh, U.S. Custom and Border Protection? And U.S. Homeland Security Officers? They're in your fucking towns, right. man. They're in your city. Coming to a town no, near you. What if I don't live on a border town? I don't live in a border town. That doesn't matter. Doesn't no, matter. Fuck that. Uh, U.S. Marshals are supposed to take people that have been convicted of federal crimes to federal prisons. But that's not what they're doing there. Homeland Security is supposed to protect the United no. States from terrorist acts. Well... Uh, it's questionable how much of a terrorist these, uh, protests are. Um, and what the fuck is federal protective services? How come we've never heard of them before? Well, doesn't really fucking matter. Doesn't matter because it's the government and it's the federal government and it's none of your goddamn business. Maybe you should think about are that. Are these when you like vote. the department of energy guys hiring security forces and, uh, you know, getting trained with your, your M16s and whatnot. And uh, guillotines. Whatever the hell. I don't know what the hell's going on. The government's using. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an ugly world. And I know a lot of you so, guys are listening to this podcast going, Chuck and Kevin are crazy people. They're conspiracy theory- theorists. Mm-hmm. And yes, that's true. But also this shit is happening is right true. now. The stuff that we're talking about is happening. All you need to do is, is uh, you know, Let's say uh, blow up a, a, the World Trade Center. And man, that will scare the shit out of people. You know how many laws we could pass? Something like that happens. Assassinate somebody. Oh, man. We, we need, need to make some more to laws. Forget about, yeah. We could get people to forget about the federal government losing a trillion dollars. Yeah. yeah. Great stuff happens. If we did something distracting like that. Mm-hmm. Um. You, you might want to Google that. Although I got to say, YouTube does an amazing job of making history disappear. And I find that rather fascinating. But it keeps happening. And, you know, we keep going along with it. We're like, oh, yeah, maybe that didn't happen. Maybe I just imagined that. You know, maybe Donald Rumsfeld didn't give a speech and say, hey, you know, uh, we lost a trillion dollars over at the Pentagon. And, uh, we're going to look into it and find out where that went. And then 9-11 happened. And now we're like, yeah, did that happen? Did he say that? Or was it just, I, I was confused. Yeah, what, what happened there? Because so, the federal budget is only $7 trillion. So they've lost a seventh. I, mean, I just want That's my a rounding money error. Back. I want my money back. How about that? How about you pay me back rounding money error. you fucking lost because you're incompetent. You know, we keep voting for these yes. people and we keep expanding the federal government. And we keep filling it with retards. I know I'm not supposed to say that word, but I, Kevin, that's I got my, uh, I told, I was talking to Chuck before the show started. I got my, uh, my federal, um, 
money from uh, from the coronavirus money, but they put a different name on it. They gave me the wrong fucking name, so now I can't use it. So I, I'm like, oh, no, no big deal. I'll just call them up. They'll correct that error. Three hours on hold later, I still haven't fucking talked to a real person. You know what I mean? Incompetence. It's what it is. It's incompetence. And we keep expanding the government, keep thinking, ah, oh, we need to give the government more power so they can protect us. But they're not protect. They're the ones fucking us. And and there are so many like so many young college students that are saying, you know, the world is unfair. We need to change the government to make it fair, to make it so that we all come out as billionaires or there's no billionaires and the federal government can fix it. But the federal government is made up of people and people are fucking stupid. And if you don't fucking realize that, then you need to got you need to fucking call the IRS today. Call them up. See how long it t- takes to talk to somebody. And when you do talk to somebody, you're going to realize they're a goddamn retard. All right, I'm done with that rant. Sorry. You're done? You're okay? Yeah. I'm going to give myself you need a medical fucking, attention. Yeah, I'm going to give myself a goddamn aneurysm. I get so goddamn worked up because it seems like everybody's fucking going through their life not realizing, uh, you know, not realizing that the federal government is 90% of the fucking problem. They're not fixing things. Right. They're not they're like, if we only had more of it. Right. They come up with one law. If we only let them take care. Yeah, they come up with one yep. law and it fucks up 10 other things. So they're like, oh, we got to fix that. So they come up with 10 other laws. And before you know it, you can't fucking scratch your ass without getting a fucking ticket for it. Well, as long as they're getting paid, you know, that's what's really important. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Just pay or your taxes. you could say... Don't give them a fucking Don't inch. Give them a fucking inch. So with that, stay safe. We'll talk to you guys next week. Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self Defense Radio Network. Ooh.